Welcome to Tea Time with Mary. I'm your host, Mary Jolkowski. I'm a former bikini fitness model turned self-love advocate. And this is the podcast that'll inspire you to love yourself. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Mary's Cup of Tea, the podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about how to talk to a friend who is struggling with body image or an eating disorder or just self-love in general, how do you support somebody when they're in their time of need without sacrificing yourself or feeling like you need to fix them? I always say, I am not here to fix you because you are not broken, okay? I am just here to support you. And there's a difference between helping somebody and supporting somebody, okay? The difference that I always explain to my retreat sisters and my clients is that when you're helping somebody, you're almost doing it at the expense of yourself, right? You're like really invested and you want to, you want to almost fix them, so to speak, going back to that word, but nobody can be fixed. Nobody, nobody can be fixed because nobody is broken and it is not our job to fix other people. What we should do instead is focus on supporting our friends and our loved ones. And support looks like, what do you picture when you think of support, right? I instantly, like as I'm speaking right now, I have my hands out, like I'm holding somebody. That's what support is. You're just holding somebody. And that doesn't mean that you have to necessarily lift them up right away, but you are holding them in the space that they are in. You are giving them time and space and grace to be in whatever struggle that they are going through, whether it's big or small in your eyes, and you're letting them have their own timeline of their own healing and their own journey. That's the difference for me between help and support. So a lot of us use those two terms interchangeably, but what I want you to start thinking about is how can you support your friends in their self-love journey instead of trying to focus on helping them? And it's a very slight distinction, I know, but if you're if you listen to this podcast, you know that I'm a big wordy, okay? And I think that how we use our word matters because how we use our words is also how we think about things. And if we can change the way we think about things, We can have such a different mindset and outlook on life, one that supports our mental health, right, and doesn't deteriorate it. So in the same way, I think when you're dealing with a friend that's struggling with body image or self-love or food struggles, it can be very draining, because you're so invested in it, right? Chances are, if you're listening to this podcast, you've probably gone through your own struggles around those areas. So when a friend comes to you and you know something that you think she doesn't or you think she could benefit from, you instantly want to try to help her, right? Because you're like, oh, I've been through this. I know how to handle it. I've handled it. I don't want you to go through all the pain that I did. And you start throwing things at her advice, right? And As friends, of course, it's really easy for us to jump into that advice-giving mode, especially when somebody reaches out to us. We kind of assume that when people reach out to us, talking to us about our struggle, they instantly want us to say something to make it better, right? To give us some sort of advice. One time I was going um, to the desert to go photo shoot with one of my bestest friends, and I was talking to her about something she was going through. 
And something she was going through was something I was very familiar with. And I look up to this person so much. Like, not only is she one of my closest friends, but she's also one of my role models. So to hear her be in pain or down about something, like, I just wanted to give her a pep talk, reassuring her that she is a queen, okay? And that nothing should bring her down because she's so amazing and powerful and and inspirational and, and beautiful. And I was trying to say all the right things and give her this inspirational speech about why she's amazing. And of course, my intentions were good. So I do want to say that if you do do this with your friends, I know that your intentions are good and pure and you probably already help your friends so much just with your words. But I kind of had a wake up call in this moment because what my best friend said was, hey, girl, I don't really I'm not really ready to hear this right now. And I was like, oh, sorry, like I was just trying to help. And she's like, it's okay. I know you were. But I just kind of like need to be in my stuff right now. Like I kind of just need to sit in it. And I don't think I'm ready to like hear an inspirational speech because I know it. I'm just having a really hard time believing it. And that was like a big, that was so eye-opening for me, you know, because it made me realize that our friends and our loved ones, they don't always need us to fix something. Very rarely do they actually expect us to fix anything, right? When I reach out to my friends, the biggest thing I'm looking for is just somebody to listen to me, to hear me, to understand me. That idea of like, I just, I just want to vent, like I just need to get this out here, right? And the same thing happens with my boyfriend, for example. One habit that I've gotten into, it's such a good communication habit to have in general, but it kind of goes both ways, right? So whenever you're talking to somebody, whenever you're going through something, a really good tool is to prepare them for the conversation by telling them what you expect them to do with this information. So you can go into it and just like emotionally dump your baggage on somebody, or you can go into it and ask for permission. So like, hey, are you good to talk right now? I just really need a vent about something. And then you say, by the way, you you don't have to fix anything, or I'm not expecting you to, to say anything to help me feel better. I just really need somebody to listen right now. Or I just really need a hug. Or I just really need to sit in my shit and I know I'll get over this, but right now I just need to feel sorry for myself. That's something that I say a lot because I'm one of those people that I need to feel everything fully in order to get over it. If I try to suppress my feelings or fix it before I'm ready, then it just comes like to bite me in the ass later on. So what I say to my boyfriend a lot is, hey, I don't need you to fix anything. Could you just please listen? And, you know, I know I'll figure this out, but it helps me to process as I'm talking. So thank you for letting me talk. Like, are you open and available for that? And I think asking for permission is very, very important. And on the flip side, if a friend comes to you, one thing that I say Because not everybody is going to talk like that, right? Um, A big thing I ran into with my ex is he used to tell me like, oh, you communicate so well and you expect everybody to know the proper way to communicate. And I'm sorry, but I'm just not like that. And I'm going to disappoint you. And it's going to take me some time to learn. And I expected so much of people that wouldn't really reciprocate that, not because they're dumb or stupid or don't know how to communicate, but it's because it's something that a lot of us haven't been taught. And I'm not saying I'm not perfect with my communication either, but there are a few things that you can do to kind of like just help everything, help your relationships in general. 
So when a friend comes to me, I've started getting into the habit of asking him or her questions, right? Like being like, okay, um, you know, I know you're feeling this way and this must be so hard. So validating their experience and then being like, how can I best support you right now? And I know that that sounds like such a simple question, but it's so powerful because once somebody is invited to kind of think about it, like what do they really need right now? You're already helping them so much more than if you were to go straight into advice giving or straight into fix it mode or straight into, oh my gosh, girl, you are beautiful. Don't say that about yourself, right? That can almost come across as invalidating. Whereas if you just validate their experience and say something like, wow, that must be so hard. I'm so sorry you're going through this. And then asking the follow-up question of how can I best support you as a friend right now? What do you need from me? Chances are they might not know right away, but more often than not, they'll say something like, I don't know, girl, just thank you for listening. And that's so big. That is so, so big. So that's tip number one, like validate people's experiences and ask them questions to help them figure out what they really need from you as a friend. It's not only a good communication technique, but it's also something that's really going to strengthen all of your relationships because once you get in the habit of asking people questions instead of demanding things, then suddenly they're they're on your same side, you know, and they feel seen and heard and understood and you're right there with them without sacrificing yourself. Asking questions also inevitably creates a very safe space um, because people feel welcome to open up and you might open up something for them that they've never thought about before, right? It's like a a processing tool. And a big part of self-healing in general on the self-love journey is asking yourself questions too, right? Like, what triggered this? Um, How do I feel about that? Okay, what exactly happened? Or what am I saying to myself? Is this supporting me? Is this hurting me? Uh, What is the best next step? Like those kinds of questions, that's honestly what a coach would ask you, right? And a therapist asks this to some extent, but obviously therapists go way deeper. But a lot of healing comes from asking ourselves questions and coming to the answers ourselves. And I think that is very important for you to remember anytime you're trying to help a friend is that they really, really do need to feel welcome to process their feelings out loud, hopefully with you or with somebody else if there's a boundary thing there. But regardless, once they feel welcome to process their feelings, then they need to come to the answers, to the conclusion, to the breakthrough themselves. There is no right thing that you can say or do, okay? I just, I really want to drill that home. There is nothing that you need to tell them. There is nothing that you have to fix in them. Your only job as a friend is to help hold that space for them to come to the answers themselves. And questions are like the number one thing that does that. So, so far we talked about validating somebody's experience, asking them questions, making them feel seen, heard, and understood, and just holding that space for them and really supporting them, right? Like that that image that I have in my head, whenever I even use the word support, my hands literally come out like I'm holding someone or something. That's the kind of energy I want you to bring to that. Speaking of energy, that's another thing. One time I went to a empath workshop. I know that sounds a little weird, but it was basically a workshop to help empaths get more in touch with their feelings and their emotions and their abilities. 
in order to help other people in a way that's not self-destructive. So I don't know if you resonate with this, but as somebody who feels a lot of things, I very easily pick up on other people's emotions and I very easily start mirroring other people's emotions. And then paired with my codependency struggles, I'm just kind of become this emotional mess that had nothing to do with me in the first place. It just had to do with something that I felt from someone else. And anyways, I went to this one workshop to help navigate that a little bit better. And the the facilitator of the workshop, what she did is she had everybody raise their hands. So she was like, everybody who is struggling with something right now, please raise your hand. And so, I don't know, about half the room raised their hand. And all those people that raised their hand, she was like, okay, can you come and sit in the center of a circle? And everybody else is sitting in a circle around this group in the middle. And she's like, okay, inner circle or people inside the circle, I want you to think about the hard thing that you're going through right now. How is it making you feel? And then you instantly kind of feel like this heavy energy in the room. And she's like, okay, outside circle. Now I want you to worry about inside circle. Worry about them, be scared for them, be anxious for them, just worry about them, you know, because so many of us are worriers and we not only worry about ourselves and the future and what's going to happen, but We also worry a lot about our closest people because we love them so much, right? And we don't want anybody we love to be in pain. So she's like, okay, outside circle, worry about inside circle. Ready? Go. So she gives it like a few moments of silence and we're all worrying and inside circle is feeling their pain and outside circle is worrying about them and feeling inside circle's pain too. And it's just painful, (laughs) I guess, and emotional. And so she's like, okay, Now let's clear that. We take a deep breath and we clear that out. And she's like, okay, now outside circle. I want you to send love to inside circle. Ready? Go. Send them love. And you close your eyes. And I picture just sending loving energy to the people in the center. And just knowing that sending my loving energy was enough and my well wishes and that was enough. And that's all I could do. And then the facilitator is like, okay inside circle, how did that feel? And they're like, so much better. (laughs) When people who are going through something are worried about other people worrying about them, (laughs) we create an endless worry cycle and it doesn't help. It's generally our first reaction, especially being emotional and in touch with ourselves and anxious, you know, but it doesn't help. And I think we all know that, but we don't really, we don't really get that in the moment because we're just so like, it's so natural for us to worry about people. But what if you could turn that worry into loving energy? And so one tool I'm going to give you that has made me love myself more. And it's so interesting that everything I'm talking about is actually things that have helped me with self-love, but helping other people definitely helps me. So I'm one of those people. I guess we teach what we have to learn, right? And it's a big reason why I do this podcast and the work that I do on social media and otherwise in general, it's because I really am a big believer in turning my pain into my platform and helping other people. It's just important to find a balance between like knowing you are a person who's going through their own stuff and your friends are people who also need to go through their own stuff and you can't rush them through their journey, you know? So Anyways, I lost my train of thought, but what was I saying? Okay, I was talking about turning worry into loving energy. Oh, the tool for 
sending love to your friends and your close ones. There's a meditation, and it actually is a very old um, Buddhist practice. It's called a loving-kindness meditation. And it is very, very revolutionary for self-love, and let me explain why. So the loving-kindness meditation is when you pick, when you sit down to meditate, and it doesn't have to be a long thing. It could be just a few moments of peace and stillness. But you think about somebody that you love, and it could be even a stranger. So that's the beauty of a loving-kindness meditation is you can do it if you're just, I don't know, out and about, and you, you see somebody in the space, and you're like, okay, I want to send them love. And so you close your eyes, and you start picturing this person really happy. And you start sending them love, and you start wishing them all the good things in the world, and you just give that love, right? You instantly start to feel better about yourself, too. Because when we give love, we get love. And because we're also connected, I know I'm entering this like spiritual topic now, but because we're also connected, it helps the loving kindness meditation helps us give love to ourselves too. We see that we do deserve the love that we give to other people. And so that is a big way to help support your friends is to just simply send them love. Whether you send them a cute little text saying that you're sending them love or you just think about them and keep them in your thoughts and give them good energy instead of letting your mind cycle around being worried for them, that's going to make a huge difference in how you approach conversations with your friends. And chances are your friends are actually going to feel a lot more supported by you than they would if you were just constantly being like, are you okay? Are you fine? Is there, you know, being like a little worry wart, right? Nobody likes feeling like they're making other people worry. And that's, I think, a big reason why we don't share our struggles is because we don't want other people to worry about us, right? We're like, they have enough to worry about. They don't need to know my, my shit. You know, I don't want to add that to their list of things. Whereas if you can become the person that, that, sends people love instead of sending them more fear and worry and anxiety and everything, then people are going to feel like a much more safer place to open up to you. Okay. Now I feel like we started with tactical, like validate somebody's feelings, ask them questions, the energetic stuff we talked about, the spiritual. And now I want to give you another very tactical, practical tip. I'm going to say this loud <laughs> for the people in the back. If somebody is opening up to you, about body image issues, please, please, for the love of God, do not say, you are so beautiful. Don't feel that way. <laughs> please don't say that. Seriously, I know that your intentions are good. And like I said, this podcast isn't to call you out, but think about what helps you in the moment. Does it help when somebody says, no, you're not. You're beautiful. Or does that just kind of reinforce that pressure to be beautiful? In this book that I've mentioned to you a billion times, but what's a billion and one? In the book Beauty Sick, Dr. Renee talks about how when we say things like, no, but you're beautiful, we reaffirm the idea that how our body looks matters, that our appearance matters, that our appearance is important. And one thing that we need to start doing more for our friends and just women and people in general is to start taking that conversation away from how they look and instead letting them feel what they feel. And when they feel what they feel, you can answer something like, I know you don't feel beautiful right now, but I just want you to know that I think, and in my eyes, you will always be beautiful both inside and out. 
but it doesn't matter what your appearance looks like because here's all the amazing things I like about you as a person. And that creates a totally different conversation. That creates a more vulnerable and authentic and meaningful conversation about why do we even value beauty in the first place? Why do we we even value the perfect body? I think it's become incredibly normal and (laughs) toxic for us, especially as women, to relate about things we hate about ourselves. So if somebody opens up to us about body image issues, we instantly go, no, you're beautiful, but my thighs are so much bigger than yours, or I need to lose weight too, or I, you know, don't, I need to get my eyebrows waxed, or even just like the little things like that, where we just create this endless conversation. And it's not even just one a one-off conversation. It's a, it's a whole like underlying energetic thing about how we as women always feel like we need to be beautiful. And guess what? You don't. Your job on this planet is not to look good. Okay. And even if you're struggling with body image right now, you can still live a full life. You don't have to feel pretty to have a fulfilling life. You know, your, your, how you look is not a prerequisite for how happy you're going to be. And so I want you to start reaffirming that to your friends. And you'll find by saying these kinds of messages to your friends and rewriting that script, because from what we usually do is, no, you're not that. You're beautiful. Oh, my God. That is so toxic on so many levels because you're also saying that you can't be fat and beautiful. And like, uh, hello, Lizzo, every like so many women on this planet who deserve to take up space as much as their bodies, as much as their bodies you know, naturally are built. And that should not be like a mutually exclusive thing, but we make it that you can't be fat and beautiful. And so my little sister sometimes struggles with, with feeling like this. And I remember a couple of years ago, she came home from school and she was getting bullied and picked on. And my first instinct, and I had to resist the urge because I just, just learned to not say that. But my first instinct was, you're not fat. Don't listen to them. But then I'm like, okay, well, what if she is? That's not bad. That doesn't make her any less valuable of a human being. That doesn't mean that she deserves to be bullied, right? It doesn't mean that she's not a worthy and beautiful and capable and kind and smart and loving person that I adore so dearly no matter what she looked like. And I think that that's the conversation that we need to be having with our friends as well is to just reaffirm them that, hey, no matter how you feel about your appearance right now, I still see so much more in you than your body. And that's powerful. And that's validating. I think also when we say, no, you're not, you're beautiful. It's also invalidating because a lot of our feelings about our appearance aren't actually about our appearance. Our appearance, they're about a lot of other different struggles, right? Whether it's feeling like, you know, your life is falling apart or when we try to control our food, it's because we don't have control in other areas or when we're struggling with body image, we're actually struggling with self-worth. It's attached to so many different feelings. We kind of just take it out on our bodies. So when we invalidate that experience of like, hey, you're, you know, you shouldn't be feeling like this because you're pretty, right? That makes the person feel like they're wrong for feeling a certain way. So instead, what you can say, I'm going to reiterate this, is hey, I know you're not feeling great about your body, but in my eyes, you are beautiful on the inside and outside. The outside does not matter as much at all. It actually doesn't matter at all to me. 
And I see so much more in you. And here's everything that I see in you. And tell me more about that and ask them questions and just be there for them. That's the other thing. I think when this started happening with my little sister, I was thinking about what did I really need when I was that age, when I was 10, 11, 12, a teenager, what did I need? I just really needed somebody to listen to me and to hug me. Those are probably the only two things I needed because nothing anybody could say or do would probably make me feel better because, hello, life is tough and you can't fix certain feelings with just saying something, right? Or it's like reading an inspirational quote on Pinterest. It's not going to help you feel better. Like, sure, it'll make you smile. But in the long run, you really have to be able to process your feelings and you have to go through what you're feeling and you have to grow through what you go through. So, yeah, I don't remember what I say, and I'm going so many different directions because as I start talking, I start thinking about all these things that I needed when I was a kid. And like I said, I just needed somebody to hug me and to love me and to tell me that they are there for me. And that is really all you can do for a friend. And a lot of people who reach out to me with this question, like my friend or my sister or my my close one is struggling with body image, what can I do to help? What I always tell them is that there's nothing you can do. The best thing that you can do is just to reassure them that you are there for them no matter what. So anyways, I hope this helps. I hope this gives you some insight. I apologize for rambling. I know I don't need to apologize because this is a podcast and I'm supposed to be rambling, but I still feel awkward (laughs) about just going on and on and on about something. But I just want to draw different examples and ways for you to think about this thing so so that it's more digestible and actionable and so that we can start to unlearn all these things that girls and women are so unfortunately trained to believe. Um, there's a lot of toxic messages that we absorb as we grow up, and it takes a little bit to unlearn those. So I hope this podcast episode helps you. I hope that it not only helps you support other people, but it also helps you with how you talk to yourself. Haha, plot twist. (laughs) This podcast isn't just about talking to your friends. It's also about self-talk. So anyways, I hope it gave you some insight and let me know how you like it by screenshotting you listening and tagging me in your stories. I always love seeing that you're listening to these podcast episodes and I will talk to you next week.